the blast from our past network. Hot ride? Hot ride! Hello, Newman. This is so f***ing good! No good for you! These pretzels are making me thirsty! Not that there's anything wrong with that. Serenity now! He's a regifter! Well, let's start the insanity. Giddy up. Welcome to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast for your two super fans, giving you every single episode of Seinfeld. Because, as I said it before, we're super fans. We're not just fans, we're super fans. Enough to be like, hey, buddy, do you want to talk about Seinfeld on a podcast and, and spend a whole bunch of our time doing it? And you're for, like, yeah, like 85 episodes? <laughs> a lot. <laughs> and yeah, and so we're like, duh. So do it. Listen to us. We're good. We know what we're doing. <laughs> we're super fans. All right. I'm Adam. So, sometimes, I'm Corey. Sometimes <laughs> we know what we're doing. Sometimes. <laughs> All right. This episode is season five, episode 18, The Raincoats, and it first aired on April 28th, 1994. Corey, could you please give us that synopsis? That's right. The Raincoats, part one and two. This is an extra double part episode. Double stuffed. <laughs> yes, very similar to like the the boyfriend. So yeah, yeah. it was not it was not a two parter. Like the trip was separated and released on two different days. So we broke them down into two different episodes. This was released as one big episode. So that's why we have it as one episode that we're going to talk about. And now it, like the boyfriend, it lives on Hulu and in syndication mm -hmm. as well. I yeah. guess I don't know if in syndication if it. Did I they break it up I in, doubt syndication? It in syndication? Yeah, yeah, I, I think they do. Yeah, so, but, but on Hulu, but, on the streaming yes. services, it, and on the DVDs, it's mm -hmm. one one episode. So. There you go. Um, all right, the raincoats. Elaine dates a close talker who loves spending time with Jerry's parents. Jerry is caught making out during Schindler's List. Morty and Morty and Kramer go into business together. Well, that just said everything at all. We don't have to talk about the episode. Honestly, <laughs> it pretty much does. <laughs> We're out, guys. And our shortest episode to date. <laughs> yeah, all right. Where can they find you, Corey, out in the world? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, okay, we are going to start off. Oh. oh, sorry. There's one thing I was going to, I meant to bring up on last episode. You know what? But fuck it. Well, I'll bring it up right now. Last episode ended with a stand-up, which the, a couple episodes before that hadn't ended with a stand-up. And I just wanted to say, I liked that. <laughs> it was good bringing it up. Yeah, you know what? I'm with you, buddy. I, as much as sometimes I don't like having to transcribe the, uh, the stand-up at the end, I do miss it when it's not there. Yeah, it was solid. All right. But, and but, and if you remember yeah. my comment from last episode, mm -hmm. the two stand-ups were my favorite part of the entire one. So Yes. So, all right, but here we have a stand-up, this one on social skills. I really feel, as human beings, we, mean, we need more training in our basic social skills. Conversational distance. Don't you hate these people that talk to you like they are talking into your mouth, like you're a clown at the drive-thru? And shaking hands is the worst. There's absolutely no guidelines for handshakes, you know? You know, you know these people, too long, too weak, sometimes they give you the three-quarter handshake, just the fingers, Early release, late release. Sometimes people will dispute will dispute your release. You let go. They're hanging on. <laughs> I I have actually said to people, "Hey, the handshake is over. Too many pumps coming in too high, too sweaty, coming far, coming from far too away." Sometimes a guy will give you a strong grip, late late release, and pull you in for the too close conversation. To him, I say, three strikes, you're out." 
I like that one too. This one was actually kind of funny as as well. Uh, I will say this: uh, the handshake that I hate the most is the limp noodle three finger one. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I met I met at uh, the New Beverly. I met Clue Gulager, who is this. Uh, he's if you guys have ever seen. Return of the Living Dead. He's the guy that uh, he's Bert, and uh, he owns like the the, the medical place. Uh, nice guy, awesome guy, and uh, like kind of like a Hollywood legend. And his son is the guy that did the the Piranha three three double D movie. The the first. Oh, I saw that. It was terrible. Uh, he did. He did the second one. He did. The, he did the sequel, and he was on Project Greenlight as the. the mm. He did this movie called Feast. It was their only horror movie that they did. So I met him. His father, who's like freaking ninety, stands up to shake my hand. His little limp wrist fucking son, the director of Prana Triple Double D, wherever the fuck it is, shakes my hand like a fucking wet noodle, and I'm like, uh, you. Yeah. and 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 it and it sparked inside of me. I'm you are much more of a. A broish, like sort, yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. broish more I know, than me, I, I, and I don't I mean that qualities. negatively. You know, um, I understand. I have yeah, you know what I mean. But it boiled inside of me the desire to murder, like, like <laughs> on, on, like, like on, like a a primordial level where I, I viewed him as as instantly weaker than me. And mm-hmm. I wanted to destroy him. There's only been a few people. <laughs> yes. I, you know yes. what I mean? Ultimate right? Like, power. <laughs> right? Right? Like, what is that, dude? Like, something stirred inside of me. And I was like, I can sense your weakness. And I want to destroy you. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I agree, though. The the wet noodle is a, is not a good handshake. It <laughs> not does not come good. across well. Uh, now, only thing I wanted to uh, bring up about this stand-up and you didn't really do it justice, was the delivery. No, Jerry does a really good, like, he kind of almost does, like, a fast talking of yeah. the different types yeah. and even kind of, like, does some walking back and forth, which um, it works all, it all works really well. Uh, so, I, yeah. I will say, after 80 episodes and some change, we have still, or I have still not found a good way of sort of, like, relaying the stand-up, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I do not do a good job, so if, if please never take Jerry Seinfeld's stand-up quality based yeah. on my interpretation of it, because yes. I'm terrible. <laughs> yeah, you would never get a pilot. No, no. no. There would not be. <laughs> All right. All right, let's get into the episode. Uh, we start off at Monk's. Jerry's complaining about his current girl situation. He's, uh, you know, he's dating someone, uh, but he's feeling backed up because she lives with her parents and, uh, you know, his are in town. So they don't have any, you know, s- privacy to do the things that they want to do. I do like George kind of makes a little co- off comment here about, you know, oh, she lives with her parents. Maybe this is going to be a cool thing. Maybe I, I'm just going to be cool for me to like live with my parents now. And Jerry shuts that down real fast. Well, well he shuts it down by saying, yeah, George, and maybe one day baldness will be cool. Yeah. And to that, I say, Jason Statham. It depends on the person. You got to have the confidence because the rock, I mean, people who shave bald, like the rock, uh, Vin Diesel, a whole bunch of people, Batista, um, a whole bunch of bald people. If they have, if, if they have not the look and the lack of confidence of George, then yeah, you pull it off. Anybody pulls it off. What but do yeah. you think of of Bill Burr's look in The Mandalorian with like the the bald head with the stubble beard a little bit? I have no problems with it. I mean, it I I like Bill Burr. I've I've liked him actually before, obviously the, yeah. before The Mandalorian, oh, yeah. and I like his stand up. Um, and he looks better as not bald, in my opinion. But he looks fine. I yeah. have it didn't it didn't 
It didn't make me feel like he was lesser of a man, like he had a wet noodle <laughs> handshake just because he was bald. <laughs> but some people, if they shave their head, they do look like a, yeah. a wet noodle handshake in human form. You just want to beat him up. You want to yeah. be like, man, you're lesser than me. Yeah. I'm an alpha. Yeah. <laughs> you're a fucking Zeta something. You're not even close. I know, dude. I, I think that sometimes, like Zeta, I'm like, dude, that dude was a fucking Zeta, man. Yeah. Or, or I guess, sorry, it's not even, Omega. Sorry, to, to stay with the actual Greek alphabet, sure, Omega sure. is the last one. <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> my head goes Z. Uh, all right. So uh, then a guy that they know comes in and he's kind of talking to them. Alec, who's talking about these, this big brother program. And George gets kind of pressured into it. And eh, funny little rehearsed line by the kid. Wouldn't you like to be a big brother to someone like me? Uh, it's, I don't know, kind of funny because George, again, he's a sucker. He's got no no confidence. He, he can't even like say no to something like that, which he obviously doesn't want to do. Uh, where I have I I without question Jared like I don't think so like, he would just he would just turn it down so easily yeah he so. would say yeah that's a shame yeah exactly <laughs> now did you recognize Alec I did um, and I've seen him in a bunch of different things I kind of looked up his credits but like nothing was like so super stand out that I felt I needed to bring it up but he had I absolutely have he's he's one of those guys that you're like man I've seen you in stuff. Yeah, and I think the wasn't he the lead or the dad on the Parkers or something like that. He was I, on the Parkers, yes, he was uh, for quite a bit, and that was a pretty popular show. So George thinks of an idea of how to get out of the Big Brother program. He, he's been in it for all of two seconds, and he's <laughs> trying to think of an idea of how to get out of it. So he wants the Seinfelds, who are you know kind of on a eh, you know before they're heading to a big trip to go to Paris, they're staying with Jerry. They want to send. He, he wants the Seinfelds to send postcards from France to make Alec think that he's out of town and he can't hang out with this kid. Uh, so, okay, that's his big grand plan. Uh, he talks to them at, uh, their, at, at the apartment about this whole thing. Uh, in comes Kramer wearing some vintage pants. Uh, and he says, you know, oh, there's a place that buys old clothes, things like that. George gets the idea. Oh, uh, my father has these old box of clothes, boxes of clothes in the attic. I could maybe sell them for getting a quick buck. Okay, George, you know, get some cash kind of thing. Um, George then invites the Seinfelds to dinner. And because his parents, you know, they want to meet up. They've made all this paella, uh, <laughs> which I'm not going to mention what paella is now because it's <laughs> it'll get talked to. They bring it up in the episode, which is yeah. great. But Helen uh, immediately, like, shoots it down um, and doesn't want to go. And so George kind of, like, awkwardly leaves, like, okay, all right, that's fine. Uh, maybe tomorrow. And she's like, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe yeah. tomorrow. Um, and, but we find out that they don't care for the Costanzas. You know, they've obviously known them for a long time since high school. They've been friends. Uh, so they must've like, you know, gotten together. And then she even says, I can't stand them. And that obviously made me think of can't stand you. Can't <laughs> yeah, stand you. Of course. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, if they made it so that the Seinfelds and the Costanzas were best friends, I don't think that would work. Like, this mm. is so, so true. Like, the Costanzas are hard to love. I don't know if anyone is friends with them, you know? So, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just like they're they're hard to take. And I can imagine after all this time, yeah, the Seinfelds are probably like, nope. And, and you know, they're. I feel like this is sort of the beginning of this little bit of a rivalry that will kind of mm. come moving forward, you know, with Del Boca Vista and stuff like that, mm -hmm. right? Uh, because that's kind of, that, that's ahead of us. The the whole we're moving yes. down there, you know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, honestly, I mean, it makes sense to me why they wouldn't get along with the Costanzas. 
all of Helen's um, rationale as to not liking them are 100% spot on. Yeah, of course. They're, I mean, they're, they're I mean, exhausting. We, we love them. I mean, we love them, but we have no inter- We just watch them. We have no interaction yes. with them. I wouldn't want to be friends with them at no. all. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, exactly. You know, as characters, great. As great. actual people, <laughs> awful. So, all right. Uh, Jerry's a little bit confused about, you know, they're not liking of them, but we get a good little line. I do appreciate this line. They're from your generation. I didn't think uh, you could detect could detect abnormal behavior behavior from your own kind. And I was like, oh, that is such a thing. Absolutely, yeah, <laughs> that's absolutely a thing that all all younger generations believe of the upper generations. And, and that was so. it was a very it was just good dialogue. I was like, yeah. that was fucking good right there. It was. Uh, up comes Elaine and her close talking boyfriend, played by Judge Reinhold. Um, <laughs> Big actor. I mean, well, he's not a huge actor. He kind of, you know, was I not mean, fast times. Fast, fast times of Ridgemont High, Beverly Hills Cop. I mean, yeah. He, I, I guess we should say he was big in the '80s. So this mm-hmm. was probably him, you know, trying to to break into TV, trying to do something with his career. I, I, I don't yeah. right now know his career around this time, but I kind of remember him not being a big deal right now. But still, when you see him, you're like, oh fuck, Judge Reinhold. Like he's a mm-hmm. he's a movie actor. Yeah, exactly. So it was was good to see him in this. Uh, we see that close talking action right away, um, and I do really like their use of of camera moves. So what they do is when he starts talking to people up close, they cut in and they actually have the camera like move with them as the person obviously yeah. moves yeah. back. Um, and it's just like it all works really well. Like you know, this isn't a big cinematography type of show, no. but just the way that they it helped enhance his close talkingness and when he gets to jerry yes and how the camera doesn't move at all and jerry just stands firm yeah it really makes that bit of the joke kind of just just heighten it's, it's hilarious i i absolutely adore that shot of jerry holding because their noses are almost touching <laughs> and i think you can see judge reinhold almost laughing i think he's mm. getting there and it's i love it i fucking love it yeah, but you can tell, close talker. But this dude's a sweet dude. Yeah, like he's, he's just like a genuinely like he's too good for everybody uh, here. Well, this and and this starts also. I, I believe this is where they start really leaning into the fact that our main characters can't even understand nice people. Like, yeah. what are you doing? Why are you this nice? How, you have to have something wrong with you. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I know Kramer's already exited the the scene, but mm-hmm. I did like him getting the moisturizer on his hand and then okay. not being able to open the fucking doorknob and get out because that has literally happened to me before yeah. where I was like, I can't open this. What am, I'm stuck. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, so... Uh, I almost called him Judge Aaron. His name <laughs> is Aaron in the in the show. Um, but yeah, he decides, you know, oh hey, I'm you know want to be really nice to these people who are from out of town, and he was gonna take them to a Metropolitan Museum of Art, and you know, Jerry is you know, they're all for it. So well, Elaine is shocked, doesn't get it. Uh, but Jerry's like, okay, fine, go. But now he can have his girlfriend over, so he's excited having you know a little bit of space for that. Yep. Um, at the Costanzas. They're upset uh, that the Seinfelds aren't coming over. They're just basically just being their own angry, upset people. She's made all this paella. <laughs> and I mean, all, I'll just say it right now. All the Costanza stuff right here is just so much fun. <laughs> yeah, definitely digging it. I like, I mean, 
we get all we give a lot of love to Frank and deservedly so. Jerry Stiller is amazing, but Estelle does a really good job. I love every time they cut to her, like, what are we gonna do with all this paella? Yeah. And just like, I mean, that's a terrible, terrible uh, version of her voice, but you guys know what I'm talking about. And she she really does a good job. She does, and I, it's gonna become more apparent later. Um, but I want to say it now before I forget. I think it's actually really funny, and it's very few and far between, when George is on the same side as his mm-hmm. parents. And I was like, it's it's kind of rare to see, but it's funny. And I've got some yeah. notes on some things later. Well, so. yeah. I mean, it does. Every now and then, it kind of helps reinforce, like, he is their kid. He's, he's still, yes, like he's that. still their son, no matter how crazy he drives them. He's still their son, so he still loves them, you know? Yes. Yeah. Uh, all right. At the apartment, Aaron and the, side, and the Seinfelds come back. Um, Rachel, who is Jerry's girlfriend, calls back because he was trying to get a hold of her, but it's too late now that they're back. Kramer then comes in, and Aaron goes up to do a close talk, get some good little flailing back from Kramer, mm-hmm. just some good, you know, Michael Richards humor. Um, I do like that he's like, oh, I've heard of you, and Kramer's <laughs> like, oh, I've, I've heard of you, too. So, I like that. Yeah. And uh, Morty notices that Kramer is wearing the executive the executive is a beltless trench coat that apparently Morty invented uh, way back in the day when he took his belt off that he was going <laughs> to beat Jerry. <laughs> when he was going to he was going to pretend to and I was like, "Damn, that's kind of dark." Yeah. <laughs> and he noticed right. his he noticed his reflection exactly. in the mirror. Now, what do you what do you think? Do you think the executive looks good? I I'm not much of a trench coat guy. And so I don't really give half of a two shit if it has a belt or not. <laughs> Literally, I, I, it looks the exact same as a belted trench coat to me. <laughs> okay. Like seriously, I, I, I could not give any fucks about a trench coat. What about you? I, I, I probably have only a smidge more care than you do. <laughs> uh, I, I think it, I thought it looked fine actually. I was like, oh, it actually looks kind of fine. It, but, it doesn't look but, bad, but, but yeah, yeah it but looks to, no different. Yeah, but to the extent of it, I, I don't own a trench coat, and uh, I did, I did back in high school, back in the '90s. But that's just because I wanted to be Gambit from X Men. So oh, yeah. you know, and and by the way, that was pre uh, trench coat mafia shit. So I, I yeah, graduated. I say, yeah, 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 I graduated. You, you, in could, you, could, you had to stop doing that, yeah. kind of wearing that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Morty. Let's Kramer know that he's got boxes of these executive jackets back in Florida. And uh, they get, they decide to go into business together to sell them at this store called Rudy's, the place that Kramer mentioned earlier. George then tell, we cut to George, who's talking with Alec about the whole trip, telling him about, like, oh, hey, I'm going to be in France. Uh, you know, I won't be able to be a big brother, which part of me is like, the big, the big brother program isn't a one time thing. You know, you can start it up a month later. Yeah. It's it's like a two year, it's like a year or two year commitment. Yeah. Yeah. So, but whatever. I mean, I get it. George is trying to weasel his way out of it. And, and real quick, it should be noted in the previous episode when uh, Kramer, uh, they, they established 25% is what Kramer was going to get. Uh, yes. And, and that'll come back to play later. But I just want to bring it up just because they were cool with it then. You know what I mean? So... You know, but we'll get yeah, to that. We'll get that to that. That is absolutely my thought about that as well. But, uh, all right, Alec – or, sorry. So, Alec tells George, tells George that, you know, it's crazy, but Joey's father lives in France. And so now he can help reunite him with his – which is a really selfish mood. I mean, I don't, I don't know. But I guess he's – I don't know. I feel like that's not something you, you would just be using the Big Brother program to do because those programs – I am almost dead certain that they really try to limit interaction between like the parents and the volunteers. 
I would think. Because if I was here's and I don't know if the father is this type of father, but if I was volunteering to try and help a kid and I saw like say there was like a deadbeat father who was a piece of shit and like, you know, didn't support their kid or spend any time with them or anything like that. I'd have a hard time being like, here's your kid back. I'd be more like, fuck you. I'm going to punch you in the face. (laughs) Well, and also too, it's like, yeah, I mean, he's like, he's not making George pay for the tickets or anything. Like he would pay for the the program and pay for them. But still Mm -hmm. it's like, so you're making me like watch this kid while I fly. Like that's a, it's one, you know, one thing is like one hour. This other yeah. thing is like a couple days worth of things. Like, wow, yep. what? That's that was, you know, that was a bit far fetched in my opinion. Yeah, but I mean, I get it. It's a it's a show. You're gonna get yep. far fetched. Yep, yep. Thanks. I know. Yeah, and, right. and 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 to your point about programs, I think there was probably there would probably be literally a whole other program out there that's that's dedicated to reuniting kids with their parents uh, across the ocean. So just hook the kid up with that program, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's got to be something. Hey, everybody. Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim. And with me today in studio is co-host Oh, hey, Dean. hey, Tim. Dean. Huh? Uh, this isn't a full episode. This is actually just an ad. All we have to do is tell everyone that our podcasts come out on Mondays and they can find us on their favorite podcatcher. If they're into movies, comics, or video games, they should definitely check us out. Oh, well then, thanks everybody for listening and we'll catch you next time. Talking back. And now, back to the show. All right, then we cut to Aaron and Elaine in bed. Um, and he's just in awe, just chatting about how what a wonderful time he had with the Seinfelds. I know. And Ela- Ela- he's just he's so sweet. He's he's so sweet, but what a dummy because Elaine looks so hot right there. She she does. She has like a kind of like a lingerie style yeah. top on. She's she's ready really to rock, good. man. Well, she didn't she didn't show that she was ready to rock, Corey. I think you just your head uh, you wish she was ready to rock. That 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 lingerie says ready to rock. Hey, Not ready no. to rock as a t shirt. A woman's clothing is not an invitation, <laughs> Corey. Right. It does not mean what they want. All right, you can't discern that. All right, you're you're a hundred percent correct. I I, I apologize, <laughs> Ke- right. Keisha. Keisha, don't kill me. Yeah, <laughs> I think you should be worried about your own wife killing you. <laughs> well, she doesn't listen, so I'm lucky. <laughs> oh, there you go. All right, uh, Elaine just can't understand his legit kindness and you know his obsession. With trying to, you know, be friends with the Seinfelds. Uh, we cut to the apartment. Morty tells the story of creating the beltless trench coat, which uh, we kind of brought up earlier. Uh, Helen tells Jerry that, you know, he has to go see. You just have to. You have to go see Schindler's List, which is a great movie. Holy shit. You've seen it, yeah? No. You, ha- you say, Would you say no? No. I've never seen it. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Even after, like, it being a... a pop culture thing like with seinfeld i figured you would you would check it out yeah no i think i just chose to watch aliens again (laughs) (laughs) schindler's list is an absolutely uh phenomenal film i I have no doubt that it is and i can understand why um it was such a big thing one i mean jerry comes from a jewish family and so a powerful story like schindler's list telling something of the holocaust 
is a, an extremely important to, yeah. to his culture. And, and so, and don't take yeah. my apathy as, as also me saying that the movie is not worth oh, anyone's yeah. time. It, it, it is. I'm the asshole here. Not, not anyone else. I'm the piece of shit. Okay, I I never doubted that for a second, <laughs> honestly. But but and I uh, and I but I do remember when it came out. Like I do remember oh. how big of a deal all of this was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, all right. Morty calls Jack Klompus uh, about getting Jack. the boxes. I'm happy to see Jack. Yeah. It's good. And he's, he's a good. Foil, he's looking older friend. though. He's, he's sadly yeah. he's looking a bit older. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he is because he spent too much time writing with that upside down pen. <laughs> um, you know, that's 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 the issue. Uh, but yeah, so we kind of get him pretty quickly. Uh, he wants he wants Morty wants Jack to help him ship up these trench coats. And part of me immediately, you know, already Jerry and Helen are like, Morty, why are you doing this right now? It's you got three days before the flight. Like, who cares? And a part of my head is like, go to fucking France. You can have him ship it normally, and then by the time you come back. Handle it then. Yeah. What the fuck is up with this? Like, why are you rushing this, Morty? Yeah. Yeah. No, but. I agree. I agree. I didn't see the need to rush it, but I, I think, but I guess he, he, you know, Morty was getting a thrill out of it because he's, he's, he he's a salesman. He, you know, I'm sure yeah. he was like, oh, the, and he even says it later. He was, he was sitting on these things for a while because he knew it would be a payday at some point. So yeah. I think he was, he was just excited to move them. But yeah, priority wise, mm, he definitely fucked up. Oh, his up priorities. On, yeah. Yeah, Ooh, Helen should have kicked him square in the fucking nuts about his priorities. Yeah, and I'm, I am surprised that Helen. Well, I guess I, I don't know if we've ever really seen her be that strong. I mean, we know that that uh, Estelle wouldn't put yeah. up with something like that from uh, uh, from Frank. Hell, we even no. hear this episode kind of shoot him down real quick, saying like, "That's enough <laughs> of that." Um, yes, we'll get there. You know, we'll get to that. But yeah, I guess we've never really seen um, Helen be all that assertive i guess yeah i agree and and maybe that's just something about their relationship but it did it did 100 bother me that morty could be that dumb but i mean i i i absolutely do understand he's getting the thrill he's getting the excitement of the sale again he is he's been retired so he hasn't had that thrill in a while so yeah this is this is his little bit similar to the thrill that you had looking at elaine uh, in her negligee <laughs> <laughs> you are a hundred percent correct <laughs> Yeah. So, all right. Um, the Costanzas are curious if the Seinfelds are going to come over this night. Uh, they Estelle mentions that she heard George in the attic rustling around, uh, <laughs> and he mentions maybe it was a mouse. Frank freaks the fuck out, <laughs> which you wouldn't expect him to do, dude. We've talked about it millions of times before, but I will just say it now. This is one of those things that I say every single time. If I kill an ant, if I kill any insect in my house, I proclaim I will not tolerate infestation. <laughs> I say it every fucking time, and I fully, I channel Frank when I say it. So it's just, it's, I'm just, you know, I heard it again on this episode, and I'm just like, it's, you don't, I don't realize that I'm doing it. You know, I realize that I'm doing it, but like, it's now when I'm watching it in the episode, I never realized how, like, just how much I was channeling that and how much I actually say it 100% of the time every single fucking time. That's funny. I, I would, I, I did love not it cling too. on to that line, but yeah, you did. Like, it's so weird. The, and we've talked, like I said, we talked about it before, yeah, yeah. you cling on to certain other lines, I cling on to some lines. And it's just, it's, I love. 
the personal experience that is Seinfeld or or any you know uh, piece of content. I love that we all interpret this stuff personally, and then we we kind of just latch on to the things that we latch on to. And for me, I will not I will not tolerate infestation. All right, Corey, that's enough. Yeah, and honestly, I'm glad you brought I'm glad you brought that up right now because I loved that Estelle was just done with his shit. Nope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's not having it at all. She's None. literally just like uh, looked like she was two seconds away from the, from walking out the door and be yeah. like, I'm finished with you, Frank. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. But I mean I think that ties into the exhaustive nature yep. of the Costanzas. They're even they even exhaust each other. Yes, and 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 I think that this episode does a great job of backing up how Helen and uh, Morty mm-hmm. feel about Estelle and Frank. Yeah, uh, George is at Rudy's and he tells or he sells Frank's old clothes. Uh, you know, telling him that his dad is dead and he squeezes out an extra twenty five bucks. Ha ha ha. Um, I, I kind of okay yeah, I was kind of I was like that. It was, was, was high is high scoring bowling. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was funny. great. He did a good job. And then that guy, uh, the guy who owns Rudy's, I guess is Rudy. Yeah. Um, that dad, that dude's in everything. He's the he's mm-hmm. the maintenance man in Friends. That Joey yeah, has to yeah. teach how to do ballroom dancing or whatever. Yeah, um, I've but, seen him in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, and, and he was like. For me, he's always that character. Like in the '90s, he was just on a shit ton of sitcoms. He was like sitcom guy. Bring him in for an episode, you know? Yes, absolutely. Uh, so Kramer then comes in and he tells George that him and Morty are in business and they talked about it over dinner. George realizes that they didn't have plans because you know Kramer's like, no, spur of the moment. And so now George is pissed that they've been snubbed twice in a row. This is or or the last night was uh, not twice in a row, but this night. The previous night, they were snubbed, and now he's all pissed about it. Yeah. So Kramer uh, then sets up the deal with Rudy, and he's all excited about getting these executive coats. Uh, and then, you know, a good little just bit of, you know, visual gag here. Kramer says to the, to Rudy, hey, do you want to get these trench coats? And he's like, I don't see something. I don't see what would stop me. Yeah. And then you just cut to a little tight of these moss flying out of the box. Yeah. Ha, ha, ha. little visual gag of foreshadowing something's gonna happen yes so george calls out jerry about his parents' dinner plans jerry's like fuck it i don't care i'm not my parents yet <laughs> so whatever but um, I, I love because we're at jerry's apartment now and i love yes. how george comes in hot like but he comes in like sort of facing the the living room so he's like aha but then like jerry's in the kitchen yeah. so he's like ah he has to turn around, turn around it, it was good it. it was it was funny yeah. it was good uh, but here's Jerry asks, what is paella? <laughs> um, and George responds, it's a melange of fish and rice. It's very tasty. But, you know, and, and another thing that I love about Seinfeld, and I think it's 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 like friends. George comes in angry at Jerry. Jerry mm-hmm. says his thing, but then switches the subjects to paella. And then, boom, they're back to, like, normal, you know, and they're just talking yeah. about paella. I love that shit. That's the shit that's that's I think is great. Yeah, no, it is fun. Uh, we cut to Pendant Publishing. And Elaine is talking to a coworker about her date night with Aaron coming up, uh, who then he then comes in. Uh, but the Seinfelds are with him. And now she's confused. And they're on a date together. And we get a little montage going on about the date that they're having, um, which Elaine is just apathetic and not happy to be on a double date with the Seinfelds. And yeah, I, you know what? Uh, your parents are awesome. We're buddies. But, like, I wouldn't want to do a double date with me and my wife and just your parents no. and not you. No. <laughs> no. Absolutely 
not. I'm trying to think. Like, I mean, I've known my buddy Luke since second grade. I mean, hell, I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, they helped. They raised his parents, raised me just as much as my own parents. But, you know, I mean, I, and I love them. I literally love them as if they were like step parents. But like, I wouldn't want to go out and have dinner with them on my own. You know, yeah. like, no, that's crazy. And uh, real quick, if if you had said to me before we started doing this show, when does Elaine leave Pennant Publishing? I would have said like season three or four. I didn't yeah, realize that she stayed this long. Yeah, exactly. We are, you know, halfway through the show about, um, well, it's nine nine seasons, but seasons one and two were yeah. much condensed. Yeah. So we're probably right around halfway through the entire show. And yeah, I don't think I would have realized it would have been this long. But yeah, right. good call. me neither. Uh, we then cut to Jerry, who is in the, um, who is at, sorry, who's still at his apartment, and he's uh, making out with his girlfriend on the couch, kind of, you know, during their little date. Uh, but the parents, they come back, and uh, he mentions, you know, that, you know, okay, yeah, we're gonna go see Schindler's List a little bit later. Jack Klompus calls, and he's still got that pen that writes upside down. <laughs> Just a little <laughs> reference back to the pen episode, which. We both really liked the pen episode. Of course, yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> classic. It was good. Uh, but Jack apparently is having problems with the key. He can't get in the garage, and he's tried jiggling it. Yeah. And it's just – Morty just can't back the fuck down, though. Well, Part of I, me is just like, ugh. And I love the fact that he's like, my idiot son could open the gate. And Jerry's like, <laughs> yeah. what did I do? <laughs> why yeah, Why am fun. I getting thrown under the bus right here? True. Uh, but, and then but, real quick, I just want to mention uh, Rachel is, is his girlfriend. Um, it's it's interesting. We only we we you know, we it takes like 15 minutes for actually for us to see her, even though she's like mm, mentioned. Yes. Um, but she's played by Melanie Smith. And I know her from the adventures of Briscoe County Jr. with uh, oh, Bruce Campbell. Yeah. Remember that show, dude? Yeah, but I mean, I remember that that was a thing. I never really watched it. It was like one season. I think it was it was Fox. I think it was probably only 12, 13 episodes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I, I, I love that fucking show when I was a kid. Yeah, very cool. Uh, all right, so George tells his parents that the Seinfelds aren't coming in, uh, and because he saw or aren't coming again because they were on like you know that other date, he saw them during their little montage, um, you know, yada yada yada. Uh, but uh, I love the mimicry here. <laughs> exactly the arms when uh, Estelle is like. Why don't they want to have dinner with us? And George is doing the exact same thing. And it's just like, they are on the same page. And I'm just like, oh, man, they are a fucking family. And this, I never realized probably until now how much I kind of like needed this episode with George and his parents to just kind of, I feel like we do need some balancing. Right. And this is awesome. This, this shows us. Yeah, he is their fucking son, no matter what. (laughs) And my only note from the scene is I love George mimicking his mom's arms. It's hilarious. So Mm -hmm. I, I like this man. I actually, I know they don't do it a lot, but I kind of wish in that they would have had George align with his parents a little bit more, but I mean, I like what they do. Don't don't get me wrong, but it yeah. is funny. It, it, this is funny that he's with, uh, he's on their side, and I like that. Yep. yep. So, uh, Frank at this time decides, you know what, that they should they should go on a cruise at some point. You know, they should take a vacation. You know, similar enough to how the Seinfelds have, um, or, or are going to be. So he, but before he does that, he needs to find his cabana wear, which is exactly the clothes that George took to Rudy, and we cut to Rudy. 
who is burning them because of the moths. Mm-hmm. And then we go to a stand-up on used clothes. Yeah, because it's a uh, it's it's a two-parter episode, so we have a mid uh, mid stand-up, which makes me wonder: Did they cut the end from the first episode, or did they cut the beginning from the second episode? Because you would th- My, I, you would think yeah. that they, we would have we would have four stand-ups, you know, but we only have three. My guess is this this stand-up is starting the next episode. Yeah, that's what I'm and, thinking. Um, yeah, we ended with the cutting of the, you know, the moths is yeah. my thought. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. Or the, the burning of the clothes because mm-hmm. of the moths, yeah. I'm not crazy about used clothes. I mean, they call it vintage. You know, to, t- to take your mind off of what it really is, is nasty wear. Oh, it's it's clean. You know, people wear underwear. Yeah, you know, we all get that. Well, they don't wear iron underwear, and that's what it's going to take to get me in these clothes. I mean, I'll move into an apartment after a strange person moves out. Why would I want to move into someone's pants? There's no vintage underwear, of course, but it's not because the guys couldn't sell his underwear. It's because men wear their underwear until it absolutely disintegrates. (laughs) No disintegrations. Men (laughs) hang on to underwear until each individual underwear molecule, molecule is so strained it can barely retain the properties of a solid. It actually becomes underwear vapor. We don't even throw it out. We just open the window and out it goes like dandelion spores. That's how men throw out their underwear. We just go, and it's gone. That's it. The second half is fantastic. Yes, the second half of that is fucking awesome and so appropriate as I'm wearing the underwear that is barely being held on by the the elastic (laughs) strap. Now, you know as well as I do, I think having wives, they, I do think they kind of, take the underwears that we would normally, you know, ride to the end. They kind of take uh, them off a few stops before uh, <laughs> before they should have, you know. But I do have some trusty pair that are barely clinging to life, dude. Yeah, my uh, my wife usually does a good job of not throwing it, throwing away any of my stuff unless, you know, she, she will hint that it needs to go, uh, but she typically doesn't do it herself. Now, I will say... Actually, a pair that I've got right now as well. Um, it's got a bunch, you know, a bunch of holes in like you know the crotch and the thigh area. Um, and my wife, she's got a little bit of that thing where, you know, what is it where you, where you don't like seeing a whole bunch of holes and stuff? Okay, I, there's is, like a, is that a thing? Whole, is that a, is that a that's real a thing. phobia? There's like thing? a whole fear of it. Yeah, it's like okay. a phobia thing. Okay, um, there's a whole internet. You know, you see these internet pictures of shits with holes in them to like freak out people who have this and she's got a little she's got a bit of that where she does not like seeing holes and stuff and so sometimes say i'm just like on the couch or whatever and i'm like fully manspread and she just sees like the holes (laughs) she's like adam you gotta fucking close your legs and i'm like okay and your balls like falling out your left nuts hanging out (laughs) that's awesome and mental note never gonna sit on your couch (laughs) (laughs) oh please everybody's been naked on their own couches it's just an understanding oh yeah for sure for sure (laughs) i'm always naked baby yeah god if i have to put on pants it's a bad day ah fucking Uh, pants suck bro pants suck yep uh, we then cut to Schindler's List, and everyone is crying, rightfully so. It's a fucking dramatic movie. But Rachel and Jerry, uh, they're going at it. <laughs> Hot and heavy. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I wanted to mention here, Larry David said that the idea of making out at Schindler's List, um, as he puts it, must have come from him sitting in Temple. He said, 
thinking when he used to sit in temple, he used to think about what would happen if I went over and reached over and touched my wife's breast right now. Like that's the kind of shit he would think about. And I think that's kind of what led him to, you know, leading over to this, you know, okay, what if somebody made out during Schindler's list? Okay. Uh, and then Jerry Seinfeld, um, just in reference to Schindler's list comments or commented at one point that, uh, that that specific film was used. I'm sure obviously because of its, over dramaticness, but also um, it was chosen because apparently Steven Spielberg was a fan of the show, ah. and so they knew he, he wouldn't really have a problem with it. Okay, okay, that's, so that's, cool. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. All right. I mean, but by, by the way, the, getting into Steven Spielberg, man, he was shooting that movie as he was editing Jurassic Park. Uh, yeah. That shit is fucking insane. Like, I you can have your whatever you say want to say about Steven Spielberg. That is some like. That is some fortitude right there. That is not easy to to manage a yep. movie over here and then wrap up another movie over there. That's insane. No. And both of them being as epic yeah. and just stunning. As yeah, yeah. Both it, of them it feels are. like neither of them took a hit in quality, even though I, yeah. I've never seen Schindler's List. I know that it didn't take a hit in quality for the fact that his mm-hmm. attention was diverted. Yeah, and this absolutely. is the this was in, done in the days before like high speed internet and everything. Like now you can yeah. you can take like the files. Like uh, I have a friend of mine who works for a big company. I'm not gonna name any names, um, and he he you know that he he can either edit at the studio or he can edit at home. And these are the days that we're at. But like this, yep. we're talking like what mid '90s when that was the case. Like damn, that had yeah, to have exactly. been that had been a production to have to just get Spielberg like set up to edit Jurassic Park all, like wow. It's just man, the, the the logistics of that are just mind-boggling. Oh, yeah. yeah, and like <sighs> directors these days can get the dailies immediately. Like you can send them over the internet so they can kind of watch takes and things like that. But back in that day, you know, they had to get duplicated or telecined um, or something into put into a different format because you're not going to have them, you know, look at the, the the film negatives. And so they had to get you know transferred out before the the directors could really see some of that stuff and so it's uh it's pretty ridiculous the speed and quality that technology has had on the film industry which just so. makes what spielberg did with uh, jurassic yeah. park and schindler's list all that more impressive yes agreed all right uh so newman at the theater notices them making out and he's having <laughs> having like some little convulsions or something <laughs> looking very intense on his face uh as to you know, seeing them make out during Schindler's List. Uh, no real reason why, but it's just because it's because Newman. Because Newman and, and Newman is Jerry's arch nemesis. Yeah, true. When Jerry returns to his place, his parents ask him about the whole movie. I do like that he has to kind of hide his answers with these whole generic kind of, you know, roundabout uh, just answers and the ways he's responding, which is particularly funny for the audience because we know that, he didn't know anything about the movie, so it's kind of it's just a little joke that we're in on the audience that no one else is in in the show. Because they asked like, "What about the black and white?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, you know." They're like, they, sh- "They shot the whole thing in black and white." And he's like, "Oh yeah, I didn't even notice." Like that. That was it. Was good. I like that. It was good writing, and uh, mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed the whole exchange here. Jerry trying to keep yep. everything sort of under undercover. Yep, exactly. Uh, at Rudy's, Kramer tries to explain the lateness of the coats. Uh, George comes in looking for the <laughs> hold, cabana clothes. Hold on. I do love Rudy's. I find all of this very uninteresting. Well, yeah. Part of me is like, why do you even need to explain <laughs> the lateness of the coats? Just like say, hey, 
They'll come in when they fucking come in. Like that's all Rudy gives a shit yeah. about. So it's like, but I love the fact that Rudy called him out because we're. I think we're also so used to Kramer being friends with everyone that it's also yeah. kind of fun when people, eh, they're not down with Kramer's shit. You know, they're like, nah, I don't give yeah. a shit about you. It's yeah, kind of funny. I mean, we love Kramer, but it is kind of funny. True, true. Uh, so yeah, George comes in looking for his cabana clothes, um, and he then invites Kramer over for paella. Uh, so yay! So they'll get to eat some of that paella. Uh, George pushes that Kramer should get more than just the twenty-five percent. Now, kind of causing dissent into uh, that business dealing, which is funny uh, because Kramer's the one that said twenty-five percent, not Morty. It is correct. Uh, but then simultaneously, we cut over to Morty. Morty, who is realizing or thinking that Kramer is getting too much of a percentage, and so Kramer goes and confronts him, and you know. They have this whole little back and forth about, like, I think I deserve more. I, you or I think you deserve less. Um, and, you know, they, they have this whole ha-ha roundabout where they get back to exactly the number they were at. But in, in my head, I'm just like, you guys already made the fucking deal. Yeah. And, 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 and in my opinion, it's like, you made your deal, and you stick fucking to it, and then the next deal, you get what you what you have to do. Like, that's, that's just how the business – you yep. did your handshake, you move on. Yep. And I noticed it the episode with Kramer and Mickey – and I noticed it again this episode, and at the age of 42, I don't like when Kramer says, ah, and then puts his hand up in your face. Oh, that would piss me off, I would yeah. If that was me interacting with Kramer, I'd punch right through his hand and into his face. Because no, mm. no, especially with Morty. And like, it felt, the first time I think I sort of noticed it was with Mickey, and I was like, ooh, that's... That doesn't look good, like you doing that to Mickey. You know, it's it's very dismissive. Yeah. And then you're doing it now to Morty. And the funny, it's just the funny thing is, when I was younger, it didn't bother me. I didn't notice yeah. it. I thought it was funny. Kramer was funny, but now that I'm older, I'm like, yeah. that's rude, bro. Don't fucking put your hand in someone's face like that. Like, let yeah. them fucking talk. Yes, it is rude. Um, man, yeah, you're feeling definitely very combative, very very alpha. That wet noodle handshake thing at the beginning really it's, turned on your uh, your man, your dude. It did. It did. And I'm usually such like a, a chill sort of stoner guy, but sometimes I'll cue into something that just fires me up. Yeah. Okay. And that is the raincoats. Good to know. <laughs> but I mean, all that being said, I have, like, I love Kramer. Like, I think he's great. It, mm. It's literally just this one thing that he does. I'm like, that's not cool. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. If he did that to me in person, I would write him off immediately and just be like, fuck you. I'm done with you. Yep. Don't ever do that shit to me again. I, I mean, you of all people, I would expect to just yeah. whop him, and I'm, whop him right there. I'm more, <laughs> I'm, I, I'm more confrontational and I'm going to, and I'm actually going to specify this because I got shit from this from my wife, um, where I said I'm more confrontational uh, than you are. I'm just more confrontational with a lot of stuff. I'm going to specify. I'm more confrontational when it comes to physical things. Yeah. I'm much more interested, not interested, but willing to fight and do shit like that when it's confrontation. We've also had this discussion about our wives being the pit bulls. Yes. When it comes to confrontational on an AT&T call or dealing something yes. with like, you know, some shit like that. That's when I call in the big guns. And that's what I call in the wife to do that. But when it comes to a physical alter altercation, I have no issues throwing down. <laughs> So I'm just going to let that out there. When it comes to maybe mental confrontation, I'm weak. I am a child. I'm pathetic. But when it comes to physical, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm good to go, baby. <laughs> so, if there's anything that that says about me, which is not 
making Adams come across very well right now. <laughs> it's all right. Hey, we're all hey, we're all we're all rounded people. We have our pluses. And I'm our very minuses. I'm very rounded, man. You know, I, and, and, COVID has made me even more rounded. <laughs> me too, buddy. Me too. <laughs> and I mean, I you know, and I've said it before. I'm much more of like Vince Vaughn from Swingers, where I'll try to diffuse yeah. the situation. But at the same time, that's also not always the correct answer like you know what i mean mm-hmm. sometimes you do have to be a little bit more aggressive and i do think that i sometimes lack that um that being said i would be very scared of my wife she's a little latin fireball you do not want to mess with her so i knew <laughs> so i've got to cover it all around she's my mental and physical uh, alpha <laughs> all right uh we are now back at rudy's and georgie's trying to buy back his clothes but uh, Rudy takes his money and then tells him that he burned the clothes. And my thought, fuck you, Rudy. So well, my, my thought is, fuck you, George, for giving Rudy the, the money first. He sh- Well, yes, George is stupid. But here is why, why Rudy gets a big fat fuck you, um, in my opinion. It is his responsibility to inspect the clothes before he buys them from George. Mm. So he needs to make sure that they are up to his standard. He just looked at one and then bought the entire box. Every other used clothing store I've ever been to, they need, they need to take some time. They look them over. They make sure that they are at the style. And this guy just buys a fucking box without even paying attention. So in my opinion, the moths being in the, in, the, in the store is now Rudy's fault. So it angers me that he is blaming George when honestly he should be blaming himself. Damn, dude. I'm you. You actually literally just get, made me do a 180. I, you're 100 percent correct. I didn't even I didn't even think about that. He didn't even he didn't look at it. And the funny thing is, I mean, I worked at Funko Land, uh, which you know you bought back uh, used games and everything back in the yeah. 90s. And, uh, and like, you have to put them you, through you, the little spinners. Yeah, make you have sure to that check they work. them. Make sure they work. It, it, and and if you bought a game back and it was not working, eh, nothing would happen to you. But it's your yeah. fault. That that's your yes. fault, not the seller. So. Damn, dude, I, I didn't even think about that. I will concede you are 100% correct. Rudy's a dick. Yeah, Rudy's a dick. Okay. Uh, we then cut to Monks, and Elaine's kind of complaining about Aaron and just his connection to the Seinfelds. And Jerry, I love how Jerry says, it is a tad askew. It is askew, yeah, which isn't a word you hear them say very often. No. <laughs> uh, which is not, yeah, like an SAT word, but I liked it. And, but so. it makes me always think of Kevin Smith's production company. Oh, of, USQ. Of I, USQ. I thought of the same yep, thing. Yep. I was immediately went on Because it's I, the only other time yeah. I see the word askew is in view askew. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I mean, that was 100%. I, the same thought process I had was like, oh, ha, they're using a large word. And then I thought to myself, I don't think it's all that much of a, you know, like SAT word because I hear it all the time thinking of view askew. Yep. Like all yeah. of that went into my head. <laughs> uh, we are 90s kids. <laughs> yes, we are. Uh, all right. Jerry mentions to Elaine that he was making out during the movie and that he saw Newman. And so he's all, you know, worried if, you know, Newman saw them. We cut to Newman at the apartment and we get a wonderful little flip of the script here where Helen says, hello, Newman. I love it so much. I love that Helen. Oh, it, 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 and you know what? I didn't think about this till just now. They're doing a great job of showing that Jerry and George are the you know, kids of their parents. You know, I like yeah. this this connective tissue that we're seeing personality-wise. I really, really like this. Yeah, I agree. I didn't think about that earlier, but you are absolutely right. It's just cute. It is so cute that she, she says it the same way yeah. that Jerry does. So, uh, But he comes in. I did notice that he took, like, a candy off of the <laughs> – he, he grabbed something off of – 
Jerry's counter oh. and puts it in his front pocket. Oh. And I had to actually go back and rewind it, and, I, and I'm still not sure exactly what it is, but I think it was like a little, I don't know, like a little fun size candy or some shit. And he puts it in his pocket. Um, I was I was ve- writing my note about the Hello Newman. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I mean, I saw it and I was like, "What the fuck did he just put in his pocket?" And so I had to go go look back, and it still it's kind of kind of hard to tell. Uh, but he is, insinuates that Jerry and his girlfriend were necking. I love that they use like a really old term. Yeah, I do <laughs> necking uh, during Schindler's List, and you know Newman just he's causing a stir for fun. He's, he's just trying to Newman up the whole situation. He's so evil, and I love when he runs yes. away in his little evil run and laugh. I just oh <laughs> yeah. Newman, oh Newman. Yeah, you guys, that's, you that's... guys and gals all know how much we love Newman by this point. Yes, yes, we do. All right. Uh, so later, Jer- later Jerry returns to the apartment, and his parents confront him, um, you know, about what he did at Schindler's List, and he we get another nice little Newman, yeah, right to to you know to himself, another cl- you know, cl- there there's the hello Newman, uh, and then there's also the little er Newman. Hey, damn it, damn it. And I think I think my favorite Newman is when you do it to yourself, like when you do it under uh, your breath. Yeah. That is my favorite one, and I love how. I love how Morty and Helen kind of like advanced on him right when he yes. walked in the door and turned around. They're right there. Yeah, they almost close talked him. <laughs> I know. Think about it. <laughs> so, uh, Klompus then calls, and apparently he's cut his hand breaking in the window of the garage to get in and try and get these damn executive jackets uh, or coats or whatever. Um, but, you know, they'll be there tomorrow afternoon. Um, but they fly out at three, and he was like, "Well, it was ten dollars cheaper." And to me, that is such an old person thing yeah. to do. Yeah. <laughs> to do. Like, I, was, I was like, "Wow, that is a very, you know, retired Florida person to be like." Well, it was this, you know, ten dollars cheaper. I saved the money. Yep. He's just like, "God damn it!" He needed it early. When he said ASAP, he needs ASAP. But like old people think that way. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> so. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. And by the but, way, by the way, you said ASAP right away. See. Uh, whenever I use the term ASAP, I use it in the loosest term as soon as possible. But some yeah. people do use ASAP as right now, and I yes, think I do. I, and I, I'm, I don't. I'm not going to shit on you, but I think that that's wrong because it is as soon as possible. Yeah, yeah, but but, but, but what is possible? Possible <laughs> is not at your fucking convenience. Possible is you shift things around because that's possible to do it, motherfucker. And so it needs to happen ASAP. <laughs> you know what I love the most about doing Cartwright with you? You won't let what? shit just pass. You'll 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 fight back on something. <laughs> I dig in, man. I love that, dude. I fucking love that. So, hey, but that's, you know what, guys and gals, leave us a comment. How do you use ASAP? Is it the immediate one or is it the, you know what, loosey-goosey, as soon as possible? Which What, what do you prefer on that one? Yeah. But I am I do think that, that Morty... You know, maybe he should have emphasized to to comp it, but I don't really think it's it's Morty's fault on this one right here. You know, and I will no, and I will say on Mort- it coming late. You mean yeah, no, and I will. Oh, s- you mean on him? Yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, no. Uh, so yeah, so no. And what you were saying, or say what you're gonna say. I don't even know what the fuck I was gonna say. Doesn't matter. <laughs> I was just gonna say the one thing I love Morty that he says is a fashion is cyclical, and he is a hundred percent correct on that. Yeah, yeah, but it moves. It moves. I would say. It's so it's cyclical, but is moving faster, smaller and smaller circles, if you will. Yeah, because probably. you get a big old, you know, stuff from like the 60s, 70s, you know, it, it lasts for years. And then um, 
you know, it might, it'll change and then come back around, but that little circle is not going to be the same size circle because fashion only lasts. Now it's, it's been around before, but it's only going to last a small circle before it like then comes back around to the the other eighties one. But again, it's only going to last for like now, maybe six months or maybe whatever, where it lasted years before. And what are we pushing into now? We're, we're kind of getting close to like nineties fashion coming back. I think cause cause eighties was big for the past few years. And I feel like, True. We're gonna, yeah, you're right. Yeah. We're going to get into that nineties. Oh, nineties had some bad fashion guys. Fuck that. I don't know. I, I did. I like grunge do you? fashion. Okay. I do. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm a flannel jeans kind of wearer. Like that's, that's, I, I appreciate that. Um, now, what one of my favorite? Now, this was maybe this was more of an early two thousands, but I think it came across in like the late nineties as well. Was uh, maybe a little bit of like the heroin chic, but it was that low cut jeans, Ooh. like low cut, like the seeing yeah. the midriff and seeing like pretty much right above the pube hair. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, There's it, the pube line, yeah. and you are seeing right above it, and you're seeing so much midriff. To me, like that is some of the sexiest part of a woman. Yeah. Um, and like I love low cut jeans and low cut stuff, and so I'm just like, oh, I hope that comes back. Yeah, no, you're right. I did very much enjoy that style in the '90s, and I, th- I was like, it was like the, the jeans were kind of baggy. They weren't that. They weren't themselves like that great. But then, yeah, the fact that they just barely covered covered the pubes. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> pubes. pubes. <laughs> we are. Season of Sleeves, baby. I wonder what season six is going to be, the- thematically, I should say. Yeah. Maybe, 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 maybe we should bring back some class and we can have our pinkies up and have tea every episode or some so, shit. So season six is going to be the season of class. Okay, I like that. Yeah, I like there that. You go. <laughs> so, uh, all right, but because of all these trench coats coming in later, Morty says, I don't think we're going to make that trip. Fuck you, Morty. And if I was Helen Seinfeld, I would slap him in the fucking face and be like, this can wait until we're going later. I want to go to Paris. We've already bought these fucking tickets. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he's not really going to make that much on. It's just no. not. He already says it's like three grand. I can guarantee you this Paris trip is cost more than that. Yeah. And, and by the way, I don't even think he's going to get three grand for them anyways. No, no way. No, he's like, exactly. He's like, oh, that's giving it away. Bullshit. Like, there's no way he's going to get that yeah, much because money. because Rudy's not, like, a distributor. Rudy's just yes. a, a business, you know? Like, I, yeah, I I feel like this was flawed from the beginning, but but I think therein lies, you know, what the what the story is. Like, I think that's the yeah. point, is that he Morty's just so wrapped up in this. He's got the itch, man. He's, he's got that, got that little sales itch he, back. And he's, because so. he was missing it, man. He's missing it. And, damn, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It just makes me fearful of, like, retirement. Although, I, you know... We kind of have jobs where you can sort of do it forever, hopefully. So, yeah. you know, as long as you want to, at least. Exactly. I'm, I'm going to be like 90. I'll still be podcasting with you. We'll be on to our, yeah. like, eighth show that we've been going, ninth, maybe tenth. Who knows? Whatever. How long? No, and, I guess and, it'll be and, not that and long. And by that point, like, Brooklyn Nine-Nine will be nostalgic. So we'll just probably do yes. an after show on Brooklyn Nine-Nine when Fuck we're 90. yes. <laughs> Done. Are, you guys, Love that By one. the way, you guys still uh, go? Are you current? Like, did you? Oh, yeah. You, you've already. I'm, cur- I'm caught up. Okay, you're yeah, all fully caught up. Caught up. We're all we're begging for like the next season to kind of get it happen and come out or whatnot or whatever the hell it's supposed to happen. I don't even know if, it, if they're shooting or whatnot. Yeah, I know. Who knows with COVID? I, I'm just happy that we got the yeah. few uh, episodes of uh, Superstore that we did before. I know. And it's just uh, now it's on hiatus right, again th- or something. I have no idea. Yeah. Well, thoughts on America Ferrer going away? Uh, it. I love that show, and I think I think it's a strong ensemble show. But America Ferrera was my favorite person, and I had a big crush on her. So I was like, Ugh. they it took a hit, 
but truthfully, it didn't take as much of a hit that I thought it was going to take. I'll agree with you on that. It was it was not as much of a hit as I thought, but she was without question yeah. the person that I cared about the most. Yes. And it, am I going to care about Jonas as much? No. 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 Am I going to care about any of the other people? No. no. And so without her being the rock, it's going to be tough. And to, why, to, yeah. why did she leave anyways? Like, I no idea. Huh. I, I mean, I feel, you know, it's a hit show. You know, you're, I yeah. no idea. But yeah, it sucks. But I do like the show. It's a great show. So, and I'm glad you're yeah. liking Brooklyn. So, hey, bring back Brooklyn, yeah. guys. And I do think it's, I do think there are filming because I, I follow people on Facebook. So I think they are actually filming. Oh, good, good. I'm ready for it. Hey, everybody. Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. Hey, everybody. I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late-night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get. Hello, everybody. I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia. And now, back to the show. All right, we then cut to the Costanzas, and Frank is upset that he can't find his clothes. Kramer comes over, but he's wearing one of Frank's shirts that he bought at Rudy's, and so Frank flips out. I do like that Estelle kind of immediately hits on him. And, and you know what's funny? I have a note that says, uh, uh, Frank's shirt looks great on Kramer before Estelle hits on him. So I was like, yeah. yeah. I was like, it does look good on him. I'm not going to lie. Now, when I look at Kramer's body type and Frank's body type. Yeah. I don't imagine they would wear the same shirt. No. Yeah. It, there's no reason that should fit either of them <laughs> as well, but whatever. It's fine. And I'm with you. I like that Estelle was like, hello. Yeah, exactly. Like a young, like a long, young Frank. What's well, Young Frank. I feel like we're, not I feel like we're seeing a lot of different, not a lot, but we, it's nice this episode that we're getting a little bit of different facets of uh, Estelle. We see, you know, she's like, oh, even just that moment, it just gives us a little bit something different for her. And then George, like, you know, actually being on his parents' side gives us mm-hmm. a little bit of a different thing. This episode is very... It's it's good for the parents. It's 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 a good yeah. in moving forward, knowing that they're you know well the Costanzas I feel like are going to probably be in it more than the 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 Seinfelds. Yeah, but I do think the Seinfelds definitely. do ramp up a little bit with they start doing more Del Boca Vista stuff. And I think this mm-hmm. episode is really good to sort of solidify the parents as not being like caricatures. They actually have mm. you know needs and wants and and they had you know lives and all this kind of stuff and it's a, it's nice to make them more rounded now. Yeah. I would agree with that. George then confesses that you know he sold some of his clothes to Rudy's and he gets a smack on the head. I love that God. from Frank. I mean just like instantly that is that is 
part of their relationship. Yeah, I love, love it. it. I love it's a hard smack too. Yeah. <laughs> Very much so. Uh Kramer mentions that Morty is going to miss his flight. Uh, but now George wants to take that flight because it's a free open seat because it was a charter flight. So it's like, okay, shit. Now he finds a way that he can, you know, get away with looking like the good person for the whole Joey situation and get a free flight to Paris, basically, because of this. Mm-hmm. So um, Kramer then thinks he sees a mouse and he and Frank freak out. It's just kind of a funny running gag. Yeah. I don't know. And nothing crazy and there. What is that little room that Estelle, it's like a sunroom that she's in? Did you, yeah. Did you notice yeah. that? Did, it's like a, it's like the size yeah. of a bathroom, but it's kind of empty. It's like a reading room or something. Yeah, it's, it is. It is probably exactly what it is. Like to me, I'd probably just put like a little dining table, like a small dining table or something there. But or I don't know. I don't have. A, I'm not a homeowner, or I'm, I'm. You know, I don't own a house. So fuck if I know <laughs> that has. But like yeah, it has like a nook in it or something. You know. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what it it was. Yeah, exactly. A little nook, nooky room. And do you think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good. Sorry. That was a good one. No, that was good. That was good. Uh, and and like, you know, moving forward, we know that 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 Kramer and and Frank kind of start doing more things together. This was yes. a fun little, like, when they try to go through the door together and they sort of get stuck together, I feel like like you really got the sense that the actors have a rapport. Like, they, they can kind of work mm. well together. And I wouldn't be surprised if the creators were like, okay, let's start maybe, maybe st- syncing these, these two characters up more in the future. Yeah, which, I mean, it you know, it's nice... Or I guess they start up with Kramer and Morty kind mm-hmm. of doing this scheme, but you end up getting a lot more of Frank and Kramer doing schemes. And I do think that works so much better because Frank matches Kramer's energy, but it's a different energy. He matches the level of energy. Yeah. It's a different energy. Morty does not match the energy and so it's all coming from one side but this way it's coming from two totally different ways and it's just like building on top of each other and so maybe i don't know i don't know if the writers thought this but like to me it would make sense if they're like okay this seemed funny at the time but then they eventually realized oh no it's got to be kramer and frank yeah and it does it does work better when it's kramer and frank though you know i love that 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 morty and kramer are like have a nice relationship but this the 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 schemes the shenanigans it was it's built for frank and kramer for sure yep yep absolutely all right now we cut to the airport and kramer tells morty about paella. It's an orgiastic feast for the senses. I like that great over-the-top kind of line from Kramer. Um, they are getting the boxes on the raincoats. And in my head, since when do fucking packages get picked up from the airport carousel? Yeah. yeah. The same place that, uh, which actually, to me, it looked exactly like the Burbank airport. Yeah. Um, yeah. I am almost dead positive that was Burbank. I, it probably was. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. But yeah, George is there going for his charter flight, but like you don't get packages from the airport. Like you get them from delivered or or whatever whatever. Yeah. Like that that I thought that was just a weird way to force them together and you know, any rational person will be like, "Wait, that's not right." And, and can I ask you a question? What is like is is a charter flight different than just getting a normal plane ticket? I didn't quite understand why they kept saying chartered flight. I not sure exactly either. I've never had a charter flight, but I'm pretty sure it would be the same kind of thing. Or even if it's like a privatish jet, those things still have to leave from like a an airport well, of some type. So, but but I guess what you're so, okay. So maybe so is in theory. I guess what makes it a charter is that 
everyone on that plane is doing the same thing, meaning they're not just going to Paris. They're a part of a group or whatever. That'd be my guess. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's that's the only thing I would assume. Okay. And so I'd assume maybe the entire flight is basically a private-esque flight. And that's why your and that's why your tickets are like non-refundable and stuff because like yeah. this plane is going here because of you guys. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's my thought. Okay. All right. So. All right. Uh, at Rudy's, Frank confronts Rudy, um, you know, about trying to get his clothes or his clothes and all that kind of shit. Uh, Morty then comes in and uh, Rudy now doesn't want to do business with Morty and Kramer and any of that kind of shit. Um, so he, they're all upset because Frank's crappy moth ridden clothes are the reason that Morty can't do his business. Um, now the Seinfelds are flying back to Miami. Okay, you'd think that they would could just fly back, fly over to Paris, meet up with that group and miss one day of their trip and still, you know, whatever the hell their trip had, they they could have been part of it. But now they're just flying back to Miami. God, they must be rich as fuck. I don't I know. Mean, are, yeah. oh, no, 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 you know what? They're not rich. Jerry was paying for this he flight. He was. He said he was. Yes. Yeah. So he's rich, which we which we have kind of established. I, yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess at this point. Jerry is doing really well. Like, mm-hmm. like I feel like, the, I mean, they're not even trying to even bother talking like money stuff with Jerry anymore. Like, like nothing's hard for him at this point. Exactly. Um, except the only thing that's hard for him is throwing away his underwear, which is, he's going to keep using <laughs> until it's completely disintegrated. <laughs> <laughs> that's a callback. <laughs> All right. Um, so the Seinfelds are flying back and, you know, obviously, None of us can wait at the gate uh, for anybody anymore or see them off. But whatever. I mean, I remember when that was a thing. Um, But Aaron is all upset and he gives now. Okay. Question for you. Did you understand his speech at the end? Uh, Oh, yeah. Oh, was it a Schindler's List speech? Yes. It's a Schindler's List speech. And I'm not going to act smart. Like, I didn't get it. You asking me that made me think. And so you guys literally heard everything that my brain went through just then. I did not get it as a Schindler's List speech. Now that you're saying that it was, I actually like it more. Okay, yes. So he does a whole thing of like, I could have done more. This ring, this could have, you know, fed a family or it could fed them for dinner. This watch, I could have gotten, yeah. you know, another night with them or whatever. That was, you know, obviously not verbatim, but that was yeah. a parody of a, of the of an ending-ish kind of speech that Liam Neeson gives in Schindler's List of I could have saved another life. This watch, I could have sold it and and saved one more person. This you know, that kind of thing. Um, so I like that little parody that they did, tying it wraps it all kind of back up into Schindler's List. I had no clue, bro, and I'm not gonna lie to you. you that you telling me that knocked it up a, a notch for me. Cool. All right, uh, Jerry then goes to Rachel's place, um, and her parents are now upset about the whole Schindler's List thing because apparently their male person told them about it, and obviously Newman. Ha, 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 and, and we get a good Jerry mouthing Newman, but not actually saying it, which I yeah. love. Yes, that was good, and, and because we already got the, the him saying it, so now it's a slightly different. Uh, at Monk's, Jerry tells that uh, tells us that his parents were robbed um, because of the broken window that dropped. Jack Clompus, you know, just kind of an off the cuff thing, but that sucks. Yeah, and that's an, it's kind of off the cuff and at the end of this episode, but that is fucking pretty fucking huge though. And I am curious yeah. if that ever comes into play moving forward, like with him buying the car or whatever. But at least like now I'll kind of know it moving forward every time they yeah. interact that like, damn, they got he got they got cleaned out apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like nothing was left. So uh Elaine talks about Aaron. Basically, she's done with him. 
mainly because he's too just too nice. Just too nice. He's <laughs> psycho. He's way too nice. Yeah. He's a psycho. Uh, Newman comes in and gets his usual order. Yeah. Pair of bear claws, please. Pair of bear claws. <laughs> uh, I loved it. Uh, but Jerry sees him and chases him out of Monks. It's funny. And I, I love how scared uh, Newman is of Jerry. Yeah, and it's it it's fun. funny because we know that Jerry is the last person in the world that you should be scared of because he's completely harmless. But Newman is just it's it's perfect. It's so so yeah. perfect. I love it. I love how scared Newman is of Jerry. Yes, I mean, well, at this point, Jerry had already shaved his head because of another thing as a get back to to Newman before. So yeah. he has already seen some of the oh, wrath yeah. of Jerry. You're right, dude. He, he fucking shaved his head at this point. So <laughs> Jerry can be pretty fucking brutal, man. Yes, yes he can. Uh, and then we see the Costanzas on a cruise that they mentioned earlier about taking a vacation. And ha, 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 they run into the Seinfelds um, who are also taking a cruise. Did, did you... Did you find Morty's like walking to be weird? Like he he walks straight at the camera and then makes this weird turn to the right to like just like it's so it's so blocked out. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so weird. But but ultimately, man, that's a sitcom right there that I want to see is 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 those two families on the love boat essentially. Yes, yeah. I mean, but I will say I've been on plenty of cruises. I think I've been on four or five cruises in my time, and most of those cruise boats are plenty fucking big. If you want to avoid somebody, you you can totally avoid somebody yeah. on those. But whatever. I've never done a cruise. I've done the like all-inclusive vacations to like like Mexican uh, resorts which, and stuff. Which I've never done. And those are fun because like it's it, and you know what the difference was? Why we chose one over the other was the free alcohol hmm. and the uh the yeah. the resorts. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I mean, it's there's it, there is something fun about waking up and then going meeting your dad at the bar at 9 a.m. and getting drunk. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, got no problem with that. <laughs> All right. And then we end this extra long episode with a stand up on ATM personal distance, which is. Yeah. Well, I'll talk about it in a second. Personal distance is a very important thing. There's a new personal distance, ATM distance. That's funny. That's new. This is now in 2020. It's so old and normal. But here in 93, (laughs) when they're filming it, it's new and weird. When someone's using an ATM, you want to be about six feet back, don't you? Because people people are a little edgy around the ATM. Uh, They get their money out and their eyes start darting all around. The other place I want to be about six feet away is urinals. (laughs) You, You want some distance there, too. That's so true. ATMs and urinals. I guess when Whenever someone's taking valuables out of their pants, you want to give them as much room as possible. And I found this the stand-up both interesting because of the whole like ATMs are new, and yes, mm-hmm. the, and the the urinal. You don't want to stand right behind somebody at the urinal. This is a good one, dude. Honestly, I gotta say the past couple of stand-ups in in this season have actually been really solid, in my opinion. Yeah, fair enough. What did you think of this uh, one? You usually comment on them. Yeah. Oh, on this stand-up? Yeah, this stand-up was fine. I didn't hate it. Okay. I've kind of, you know, I was fine with it. Okay, good. I'm happy with that. Uh, I, yeah. I let us off last episode with my final thoughts. Sure. What uh, what are yours on this one, buddy? You already mentioned extra long episode. Yeah, so these double episodes are typically solid for me. Um, they have a lot of things going on. So this one has the Paris uh, Joey shit going on it's got the cabana wear slash the rudy stuff it's got the 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 raincoats obviously it's got schindler's list 
Um, I like that everyone had something happening. I didn't feel like there was a single person. Now, granted, you know what? We complained last episode about Elaine's entire storyline just being set off on her boyfriend and her reactions to her boy or to the to her love interest. But she felt weak in that one. And in this one, I don't feel her being weak. Um, her Again, her storyline is dictated by her boyfriend's actions. Ah, you're right. Um, or her love interest actions. And you're right. I didn't but, even think about I didn't even like. Yeah, you're right. It's but it's it felt it felt it felt better. It felt than different the, the because she use. was uh, she was attacking yeah. him for being this off guy yeah. as opposed to her, you know, craving his um, you know, his attention. And so uh, that's why I think it, it worked out better. And I liked Elaine better this episode. Um, yeah, as I say, I guess I my note my next note I didn't even think about reading it was my only criticism is maybe Elaine wasn't doing really anything. All of her comedic elements come from her boyfriend. Um, she was basically an accessory. So, but it still worked out better because she wasn't uh, a, weak a weak character. Oh, she wasn't a weak accessory. Yes, exactly. So, um, overall, this was a strong episode for me. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed, like, all the time. Like, it it flew by. It didn't feel like a double episode for me. I think the pacing and everything worked pretty goddamn well. Paella, I loved it. Like, all that stuff was really good. Um, you're right. All the stuff for the parents worked really well. A little bit of Newman. You know, I could have used a little more Newman, but at the same time, even a little bit makes me happy. So I gave it four out of five orgiastic feasts for the senses. Ah, or feasts of the senses. Interesting, yeah. because you had a problem with when Kramer dropped his shoe on Newman's head. You're like, that was underutilized. And I was like, well, any Newman, I'll take it. But yeah, you but were upset was, by that. It, well, because it was literally a shot. Yeah. We at least yeah. had we had Newman here, here seeing the thing. Yeah, here he's he actually appeared a, again, a and then he the, was referenced again. Yeah, here he's yeah. actually a part of the plot. Here he's actually, actually yeah, influencing the story yes. that unfolds. Yes. Okay, okay. I'll take yeah. yeah, I'll take that. I like that. Um, yeah, dude. I had so much fun with this episode. I I love I love the close talker. The close talker is such that's probably one of the most known phrases in all of Seinfeld. Mm. Like if you say to somebody close talk, it's got to be top five, at least top 10 for yep. people who don't even know Seinfeld. So you say that they're like, oh, that's Seinfeld. I loved it. I think it's it's it's. I loved how they used his character. I love the Kramer stuff. I'm with you. Elaine was like, she didn't do much this episode, but it didn't take anything away from me. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't mind it when our, I mean, here's the thing. Like Jerry is our main character. Technically, even though it's an ensemble, but, but technically it, you know, the other characters are there to support Jerry. And like, I don't mind if, if sometimes they do less, but it's good. Whereas, like you said, the episode prior, I'd say Elaine probably got to do more, but it was worse because of the position her character was in, just fawning over that guy. Whereas here, mm-hmm. you're like, okay, she's like one of us. She sees all the problems with, with Judge Reinhold and whatnot. She sees all the problems, so she's one of us here. Whereas I felt like she was, was yeah. not one of us on the previous episode. Yeah. but. That was really my only like gripe with it was that she just didn't have enough meat on the bones for her to do. But 
it didn't, it didn't, you know, it didn't slow it down for me at all. Like you said, dude, this episode did not feel like two episodes. It flew by so quickly. Uh, I loved everything that we were seeing. I love the Costanzas. I love Morty. I love Helen. I love Estelle. I love Frank. I love all of them. And I love the new layer of, of sort of relationship that we have now with the parents and the mm-hmm. kids, we have a little bit to their relationship more than we had before. And I got to give them fucking props for that. And and the fact that they didn't make their parents just the butt of all the jokes, you know, they, they, I feel like they're moving forward. They're probably, they're going to make their parents more character esque, like more, having more mm-hmm. character to them. And I like where that's going. I really, really do. So I do think that this tees things up for things to come, knowing that we're also heading down the end of this season. So, I am going to give this episode 4.5 ominous moths flying out of a out of a box. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how you get a okay. 0.5. One of them doesn't has missing one of their wings, but uh yeah, yeah 4.5. I loved it, man. And that 0.5, like that it was a it was a 4. You knocked it up through our conversation to a point five <laughs> with the, the the thing that I just said like a few minutes ago. What you yeah. you knocked it up because you pointed the Schindler's List with Judge Reinhold. That yeah. I, I didn't realize. Like at first, I was like, it was funny. I was like, it's fine the way it is. I just thought he was crazy. But the fact that you pointed out to me that it was a Schindler's List yes. list reference, I was like, oh. This is good, man. This is this is, is tightly written. This is so very tightly written in such a stark contrast from the episode prior, you know, of, yeah. of usage of characters and just how strong the writing is. Yep, absolutely. Well put. Oh, man. So we have we only have, I think, two more episodes left this season, correct? Uh, incorrect. I believe it's three. Okay, so. As you all know, we're just going to keep kind of plugging it until this season's over. As you all know, we will do um, every episode like normal, and then we will have one bonus uh, season finale wrap-up episode where we discuss our season finale as a whole. Um, I will probably say that this is the season that Seinfeld catches uh, gets on its feet. I've been saying that for the past yeah. like uh, uh, season. I've been saying that for the past like four wrap-ups <laughs> that this is the season it becomes seinfeld but um but the last the, la- <laughs> the last season there were a couple episodes that really dropped some of the yeah. the overall quality of that season this one so far the the, the last episode that we had was really the only yeah one. there's there's only hasn't been that many so it'd be curious to see what our what our overall like number is and everything um but yep. once we're done with the season and we move into season six that means season four We'll go uh, to Patreon behind the paywall uh, with along with seasons one, two, and three. And uh, but, but don't worry, because you know that paywall is a whopping one freaking dollar a month to get eighty freaking episodes un with, with no ads whatsoever. So it, it, exactly. <laughs> I hope it's not that that tough on people, but. You know, we we do know times are tough, and uh, definitely please leave us a five star review. That would uh, on Apple's podcast. That would definitely is a free way to help us out and we do appreciate yep. it and uh, another free way to help us out is uh by listening to our pals at tim and dean over at talking back yes dude please please listen to them dude so tim and dean they are they're canadian so don't let that you know be uh, <laughs> an issue um, they're, they're canadian so they're already better than us <laughs> yeah yeah fair enough um yeah but they are doing a lot of great stuff like 
you know, yes, they, they do tie things into a lot of nostalgia uh, with their podcast, and that's kind of a lot, what a lot of the ones do on our network. But, you know, they, they jump all over the place, and they're going from movies, TV shows, comic books, whatever the heck they want to talk about. They've been on this whole Predator kick for so long. <laughs> I love long. that. I love uh, it when they go on, like, franchise kicks. It's great. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. They do a great job. Tim does a whole bunch of research. Dean does a great job of adding Dean-ness <laughs> yeah, to it. Yeah, it's great Dean-ness. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, they, they have a really fun day. They're also they're brothers, so that's another fun little thing. You know, they know just so much about each other. Um, but, yeah, the Talking Back is a podcast you should be listening to without question. It's, a, it's an orgiastic feast for the ears. <laughs> I'm the only, well, I guess me and Zach are the only ones that uh, that aren't brothers on this podcast. I, I don't have a brother, so, yeah. I, except for you yeah. guys. I got a whole bunch of brothers from another yeah. mother's. <laughs> and speaking of my two brothers, Adam and John, where, uh, where are you, what are you guys talking about on, on Blasphemer Pass these days? Uh, on Blasphemer Pass, these days, when this episode comes out, it'll probably be around the time that our either our old school episode, I think, is about to come out, or probably around the time that this one Ooh. comes out. Um, but we're talking all over stuff. We're not. We don't just talk about the movie old school. We talk about a whole bunch of different movies from the seventies, eighties, and nineties. Uh, we also talk TV shows. We do fan castings, um, like. Uh, one that we had probably right around this time as well. We did uh, we did a whole Judd or not Judd. I almost I was thinking Judge. I was thinking Judge Reinhold. But we were doing we did a Mike Judge episode. Uh, uh, so <laughs> we did a we reviewed uh, Office Space and then we talked about uh, Beavis and Butthead and then we did a fan casting of a live action King of the Hill. Interesting. So we do fan casting something different. And uh, we also do top 10 episodes, and we do album reviews, so we're fucking everywhere over the pop culture spectrum. Well, th this was a nice little spoiler for me, because we're recording it the week prior to that episode, and uh, and as a listener of the show, I'm excited to hear next week's episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, that's not even, that's a couple weeks oh, from cool. now, so I'm trying to give, I'm giving y'all, I'm giving everybody, oh, a, well, I'm trying shit. to time it out for when this one comes out. <laughs> oh, shit. So. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, uh, but that's one thing I've got. We also have a trivia podcast. Yep. Just check it out, Throwback Trivia Takedown. But all of that also wouldn't be the same if I couldn't listen to my man Corey and his buddy Zach, our buddy Zach, talking about weird fucking movies <laughs> on Podcasting After Dark. Tell me, tell us about that. Not even just that. You guys also started a new kind of spin, not spin-off, but uh, another yeah, style of TV Obscura. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sub-show. <clears throat> yeah, and, you know, we you can't have, uh, the, you can't have uh, the light without the dark, and uh, Podcasting After Dark is definitely the dark side of the BFOP network, uh, if, if, if Blast from Our Past is the light side. And, uh, yeah, so we have, a, we, we basically, we just dive into cult movies from the 70s, 80s, 80s and 90s you know the weird shit the shit that adam has never seen before nor even heard of and that's the kind of shit that we talk about we uh we, we do the same thing adam and john does which is we you know we break down the movie and everything same thing we do here on, on cartwright we take we break down the movie talk about it and everything um but we also have episodes where we talk about uh, obscure tv shows we have a spinoff show called tv obscura we have two episodes in of that and we've talked about some weird ass fucking shows yeah. <laughs> it shows yeah. that I've never even fucking heard of before. Mm. <laughs> and uh, we also interview uh, celebrities and stuff. And um, we are we, we released our, our Mark Ralston interview. 
um, and uh, who played Drake from Aliens and Boggs from uh, um, uh, the Shawshank Redemption. And by the way, he's nothing at all like Boggs. He's so freaking nice. And right now, this month, our interview with Tom Noonan is dropping. And Tom Noonan, you, oh. fans of the Blast from Our Past will know from Robocop yeah. 2. And uh, exactly. he was Kane. And, uh, yes, the main villain. Well, I talk, we talked about that with yep. you. I talked about that yes, with we you. Did. Uh, the sequels, We, you know what? We have, have we had a single episode in 2020 of the sequels? We have not. <laughs> not a single one. We need to so bring that show back. Back. And I have one just sitting that I still haven't finished editing that we have edited. We, we, we did about a year, almost a year and a half ago. I feel like once we get an editor, nothing will stop us. We are going to freaking yeah. just start producing content like nobody's business. Because I know you and me both are completely bottlenecked by by yeah. uh, editing. So, um, But Tom Noonan is coming and... Guys, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. The next person we're interviewing for Podcasting After Dark is Scott Ballantyne from Family Ties. He played Nick. He played. He played. He played. Did you ever watch? I never watched did you ever watch Family show. Ties with? Uh, uh, Hell no! I'm I'm too young uh, for that shit. shit. Well, he played uh, Nick. Uh, uh, um, uh, his the sister. Um, shit! What's her name? Fucking. Uh, yeah, so Justine Bateman, uh, uh, you know, Jason Bateman's sister, her character dates this guy named Nick, who's like this artist with like this crazy mullet and everything. And uh, you 80s kids will absolutely remember okay. him. And uh, yeah, we're going to be interviewing Scott fucking Valentine next for Podcast After Dark. Didn't see that coming, but I am so happy that it did. You know what? To quote, to quote Senator Palpatine from from Phantom Menace, a surprise to be sure, but a welcome one. <laughs> he may have been on a Playgirl episode. He, Playgirl. He was a bit of a heartthrob back in the day, dude. Playgirl, May of 1988. Maybe he was. That was. Oh. It looks like it was a photoshopped picture though this looks ridiculous <laughs> oh, you can buy it on ebay for 36 bucks if you want to talk about it <laughs> i may have to i may have to so check us out check out all the shows on the bfop network adam i have not heard you say that in a couple episodes give it to his baby oh the beef up <laughs> i love it i love it check us out check out our, our patreon and uh you know check out talking back please of all the shows that we talk about, check out Talking Back. Those guys rock, and they deserve as much attention as we can give them. So, Adam, what are we uh, what are we reviewing next week? Uh, we're going to be reviewing the um, Playgirl episode from May 1988 <laughs> with Scott. <laughs> no, no. Uh, next episode, we are talking the fire. So that will be our last one. We will see you then. Have you been wondering where's the beef? Well, on our podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, you might just find that out, as well as some other things about the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We're a nostalgic-based trivia show that pits two challengers head-to-head in a duel of the decades, with categories ranging from movies, TV and music, to slang, food, and fashion. You're sure to get the best in retro-themed trivia. So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a surge, and walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. I heard even Mikey likes it. <laughs>